episode 202 of the Bevan James Isle Show, Seven Steps in Dealing with Diminishing Times. Rightio team, welcome along to episode 202 of the Bevan James Isles Show, your fortnightly podcast on the behaviours that create a lifetime love of fitness, so you can get all the benefits that come alongside it. We're deep in summer here today, uh, I think it's going to be in 37 degrees, which is hot in Christchurch here. The sun is shining, I'm a happy, happy man, and I'm a happy man because I'm talking to you guys today in my latest episode of the podcast. Today is a Bevan show, it's where I'm going to go deep into a subject, and I'm not going to spend, sometimes when I do a Bevan show, I kind of almost have three segments, I have the bit I do before the main gist of the show, then I have the main gist of the show, and then I often waffle on at the end of it as well. Well today I'm, I'm pretty much going to get into the main gist of the show straight away, and why is that? Well, I've had a back operation. I had a back operation, if you've been listening to the show over the last few months, you would have heard me talk about the fact I've had a back problem. I've just literally, this time last week, I was in hospital kind of heading into surgery to get my back operation. And it's been a really interesting moment in my life. And why is it an interesting moment in my life? Well, it's an interesting moment in my life because... I'm going into a period where I know I'm going into, I'm not sure, I've used the word diminishing and I'm not quite sure if diminishing is the right word, So, uh, but I know I'm going into a, a decline period. And what do I mean by that? Well, when I think about the physical side of myself, I have been a extremely fit man since the age of 20. I'm now 43 years old and I have, am I 43? I'm 43, yep, uh, and I have been an extremely fit man for the last 23 years of my life. I had a, a shoulder operation about 13 years ago, uh, and at that time I had to have a limited um, type of exercise, so at that time I, I was unable to exercise with my arm, but I was still pretty much, the day after my shoulder operation, I was able to get out on the bike, there was things I was able to do with this, so while that was probably a lessening of fitness in that time, I was still able to kind of keep functioning at some level of fitness in that time. Well, as I move into this period of my time, my back operation, while it isn't a majorly serious back operation, it is a back operation which means I'm not moving. Now, not moving is probably not entirely the right definition that comes on top of it, because I am moving. I'm I'm functioning at a a much lesser level than I would normally function at, but I'm able to walk, I'm able to get up and down, I'm not what you consider like a crippled state, I'm definitely, if you saw me, you could see I had a bit of a limp, and you know, you could see that I probably wasn't 100% right, but I'm, you know, I'm living life, you know, not too poorly, but me living life how I'm currently living right now is a lot less in regards to movement than I would normally be moving in my life. And this is an interesting thing to be thinking about. Now, I'm almost going into the main gist of the show. So I'm actually going to stop right now, and I'm going to go back to this when I get to the main gist of the show. So today's show is going to be how to deal with a time. And I've even gone kind of like like a, 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 a blog that's trying to grab your attention. I've called the seven steps. There might not even be seven, there might be more. But the seven steps to dealing with diminishing times in your life in a healthy way. That on top there. And it's going to be what I'm focusing on right now so that I make sure I get through this time in the wisest, healthiest way moving forward. Okay, so before I get into that, I just want to say a big thank you to all the patrons of the show. To become a patron of the Bevan James Isles show, all you need to do is go to Bevan James Isles, 
click on, once you're there, click on podcasts and then you'll see support me on the podcast page. Click on that button, it will take you to a Patreon page. Once you're there, you donate as little or as much as you want to each episode. It's all pretty obvious. Um, you don't have to, you, basically you choose how much you want to donate. Once you do that, you get a cool Bevan James Oil Show nickname and these people are some people who have already done that. We've got uh, Sue, the only way up is up chisel. We've got Denise Abfab Dana. We've got Nathan the Hurricane. We've got Marie J- uh, Jane the Magic Mariko. We've got K- Katrina the Architect. And Kim Anderson Handley, surging forward. She's actually, I know Kim's training for a really big race right now, so keep it up, Kimbo. Um, what am I saying? So, yep, so if you want to become a patron, go to bevanjamesos.com. And I think I'm going to go into the main gist of the show right now. Here it is. So as I alluded to in my little introduction where I started to go into the main gist of today's show, I've had a back operation. Uh, I've been a fit man for an extremely long time in my life. It's a big part of um, my identity. It's a big part of what I do with my time. It's something I love doing. Uh, a lot of my connections in my life are based around this. So this is a really interesting moment in my life because my back operation means I'm not able to do something that is fundamental to my life and so it creates some challenges for me and when I thought about doing today's show and I thought about the place I am in life right now I thought to myself I want to share my strategies around this time because lots of people don't deal with these times very well did you hear that funny sound I made then (laughs) what was that funny sound so what do I mean by this well it's a funny story actually, I was, doing a, I was doing a presentation in the lockdown, and I know a lot of people are still locked down around the world, but in the lockdown a lot of fitness professionals did a lot of online training, and not, what I'm meaning here is not necessarily fitness training, as in upskilling instructors, and we did these lots of Zoom calls and all those types of things, and, and I got asked to do a presentation for, or kind of a Q&A for body attack instructors in the UK, and so I jumped on a Zoom call and I kind of just shared my insights, you know, I'm kind of someone who's been doing this for a long time and I've been lucky in that role as a body attack instructor to reach pretty high levels so I kind of had a kind of 30 minutes of sharing what was you know insight into having a good career kind of and I shared lots of insight and then at the end of 30 minutes they did kind of a Q&A and one of the questions that got thrown at me was what is the key to success as you age now I'm 43 as I mentioned earlier, and so I am kind of heading into that stage in life where exercise is presented with different types of challenges. A, intensity is a little bit harder, B, the risk factor goes up if you're a little bit unconditioned, and so it's just kind of, you know, it was a good question to ask, and it was asked from an instructor who was older than I am, so I think this instructor was kind of in their 50s, and they were kind of saying, what do you think the key is as you age? And my, my first piece of advice was, don't stop. Don't stop exercising. And, and, I, and I often say that to people, like, my body, as much as I've just, I'm going to sound like a hypocrite right now, or I'm contradicting myself at least, my body has handled exercise to a pretty extreme level, to pretty high intensities for over 23 years, and in that time, I've had pretty much no time off. I've had some moments where I've had to take a couple of weeks off, I've had that shoulder operation I talked about earlier where I had to, you know change how I exercise for a period of time but basically for 23 years I've had no time off and when I said to this person I kind of said don't stop 
And what I meant by that is because as you age, one of the problems with exercise is if you stop, coming back's harder. Coming back is harder. And it's coming back harder for two reasons. Because A, especially if you're someone like me who is a real exerciser, someone who is absolutely passionate about exercise and likes working hard when they're exercising, if you have time off, your body's deconditioned and my keenness can often be the enemy. So we come back, we want to come back too quickly and we want to do movements our body aren't, is not ready to do yet because we've deconditioned ourselves. So in my mind, one of the best things you can do if you're a regular exerciser and you want to exercise for a long term is don't stop. Just keep exercising. Now for me at this moment, this is a dilemma. Because my having to stop exercise has nothing to do with my will. Has nothing to do with my discipline. Has nothing to do with my desire. My having to stop exercise has to do with an injury. I had a back operation. I am doing no exercise at all other than basic walking for the next couple of weeks. And then I'll be doing a light load rebuilding my body period for probably two to three months and then I can probably you know hopefully in less than two months but probably two to three months from now I could start the road back to where I like to be with exercise. Now this is an interesting moment I'm, I'm obviously sharing a lot about my experience right now but there's when I talk about this kind of the seven steps to staying healthy and diminishing moments a good example of this is the holiday period. Like, it's interesting, I'm recording this show in late January in 2021. And so a lot of people have come back from holidays. And holidays are what I call a diminishing time. And and, and I, I was saying earlier, I'm not quite sure if diminishing is the right word. So I'll define what I mean by diminishing. A diminishing time, in, at least the definition I'm using in today's show, represents a time when you're going in the backwards direction in any area of your life. A time when you're going in a backwards direction in any area of your life. So holiday periods, well holidays are great and if you go away there's lots of fun in it. Um, For a lot of people it's a diminishing period. They put on weight, they lose fitness, they sleep less, they party harder. You know there's there's a diminishing period in that time of life. So with that in mind, when I talk about these seven steps, is how do you stay as healthy as possible in this period of time? And so I look at this next moment in my life and I kind of think maybe a good thing to share with you guys right now is how would I define the success in this period of my life? So let's say that in good case scenario, I'm let's say six months I'm back to how I was exercising. Now, who knows what my back operation means for long-term exercise. There might be some things that I can't do in the future. Um, Fingers crossed that's not the case. But let's just say, best case scenario, six months, I'm kind of pretty much on par of where I was before I needed the back operation. So before even I had the injury. And then if we kind of take a step back from that, we'd say four months to three to four months to where I can start to rebuild to that level. So from where I am right now, kind of operation last week, to three to four months, three months from now, to being to a, getting to a place where I can start moving in a way that can safely build me towards where I want to be in six months from now. That's kind of success. So success is six months from now, I'm able to jump and run and intensity and lift and do all the good stuff around exercise in a way I like. So then, what is the wisest way forward? And I, I, I've kind of written down my seven steps. So here's where I, how I'm, and this is how I'm approaching this, what I'm approaching it, is 
The first is I need to minimize damage, reduce damage. And when I talk about damage, I'm going to talk about um, kind of the aesthetic side right now. So for me, when I look at damage, damage first of all would be uh, weight gain. It would be fitness. It would be mobility and probably mental health. I'll say those four. There's probably more, but those are. So what do I say? Weight gain, fitness, mobility, and mental health. So when we break down each of those, obviously, I want to reduce the amount of weight that could be put on in this period of time. Okay. Now, when we think about this, this is an interesting thing for me because I am someone who is in a really healthy weight. Um, I jumped on the scales before I jumped in for my operation for the first time I, in probably four. I don't, I, just don't, I don't believe in scales. Well, not that I don't believe in them. I don't need scales in my life. I manage my weight really well. And I was 79 kg. I think when I jumped on the scales four years ago, I was about 79 kg. So I, I stay in the same weight range. But I exercise a lot. I'm someone who generally exercises in my normal routine somewhere from 8 to 15 hours a week. So there's a lot of exercise, and I exercise with a lot of intensity. And when you exercise that much in your life, you know, you can kind of eat a bit more food, can't you? And as much as I, if people looked at my diet, they'd say he's a really healthy eater. You know, I have my moments. If I go on a Saturday night, I tend to overeat. On a Friday, on Funday Friday, I tend to overeat a little bit too much. So I have my moments. So for me, at the end of this period, if I put on, in a six-month period, 10 kg, that's a lot of damage, isn't it? Let's say I wake up at the you know, six-month period from now and I've done a really poor job of this and I'm now 87 kg or 88 kg or 89 kg. That's damage. That's damage. That's the amount of damage that I've done that time. Which What, what, is that, what does that equal? That means that when I come back, my focus isn't just going to be on how do I get back to the movement I liked. The focus is also going to be how do I lose the weight that I've gained. So as I think about this next period of time, one of the most important things I need to do is to make sure I'm not creating more damage in the areas that are important for me to stay healthy. So things like, again, weight gain, um, fitness. Now fitness is an interesting one because I'm obviously going to lose fitness right now. Fitness, I'm, I'm losing fitness by the day. I haven't moved in the way I have. But when I think about this, the term is not to have damage, it's to reduce damage. Now with weight gain, I think I could probably manage this next period of time in a way where I won't gain weight. You know, or at least keep it at a very minimal. Uh, my body shape may change, I may not be as lean because I won't be doing weights training. Um, but, you know, with fitness, I will lose fitness. So there is going to be an aspect of fitness I'm going to lose. But in saying that, how do I reduce that as much as possible? So for example, this week I've been allowed to go walking, and day one I did a 15 minute walk, day two, 20, today is basically I'm kind of seven days post-op right now, um, once I finish today's show I'm going to head down the hill and I'm going to do an hour walk. No intensity, very easy, but it's me reducing the amount of fitness I'm going to lose. Now the doctor said you don't have to do the walks, but if you want to it's good, keeping mobility up is really important, so it's not necessarily for me, is an hour walk really going to get me any fitness? Probably not. But it's reducing the amount of damage that I'm doing. And so when I do get back to movement, as long as I can be in the safe range that my medical professionals recommend, I'll be reducing the amount of fitness that I'll be losing as I work through this period. So when the first step for you to, in my seven steps of saying healthy through diminished times, is to focus on how do you reduce damage. So for example, 
when you go on holiday. How do you have a holiday that doesn't mean you come back with 10 kgs of extra weight on? It's those types of things you want to think about. The next step is to develop strategies. And, and, and steps two and three, no, actually I'm going to change these around. I haven't even told you, so I don't need you to tell you I'm changing around. Step number two is not developing strategies. Step number two is to identify key moments that you don't normally have to focus on. To find a key moments that you don't normally have to focus on. So I'm going to talk a lot about nutrition today because I just think it's a good one to really talk about. But So identifying key moments that you don't normally have to focus on. So for me... Actually, I'm going to do steps two and three, three together because I think they need to be done together. So then step three is to develop strategies. So you identify key moments that you wouldn't normally have to think about and then you need to develop strategies for those key moments. So for me, when it comes to the nutritional aspect of how I'm living right now, first of all, the key thing that I'm developing is I've identified, I've looked at my day and thought about the management of my, my eating throughout the day. And I've really identified some key moments that I need to be care- be aware of in those days. So first of all, my main meals. Those are key moments. Now, when you think about the volume of exercise and movement I was doing before the operation, and the fact that I've been very good at managing my weight and stayed the same weight pretty much for my whole adult life, then you have to understand that my main meals have to change. Because if I keep consuming the same amount of food that I'm eating my main meals, but I've reduced my movement quite significantly, and I'm trying to reduce damage down this period of time, I'm not going to be able to stay in that same weight range, am I? So when I think about my key moments, one of my key moments are the main meals that I'll be having. A couple other key moments, fun day Friday. So if you listen to the show, you know that my fun day Friday is kind of my mental and physical and disciplined day off each week. And it's the one day a week where I kind of just eat whatever I want. And I tend to eat a little bit more and I tend to, I wouldn't say I go, well, some days I do go a bit crazy on it. But I think my crazy is probably not as bad as other people's crazy. But still, I definitely go a bit crazy. But that's a key moment in my week in this next period of time, isn't it? Because... Uh, I, in a period of time where I'm not going to be moving, I just can't get away with as much. I can't have that crazy day in such a crazy way. Saturday nights. Saturday nights is the other time in my week where I allow myself to kind of go off path with food and, and, and I tend to eat too much, if, especially if I'm going social. So that's another key moment. So I've got to identify these key moments in my week and really identify these key moments that I need to be have be aware of and develop strategies for that will help me reduce step number one which is reduce damage along the way so then the next step is step number three which is to develop your strategies now i've gone with some pretty basic strategies um first of all i've just reduced the sizes of my meals so for example my current breakfast i what i normally have for breakfast i normally have two pieces of toast with two eggs a tomato hummus um, a protein shake, and I have some fish oil because I don't know. I read it was good for you, so so that's kind of my typical breakfast. So at the moment, I've just reduced one piece of toast. So pretty much the meal's pretty much the same. It's just I'm reducing one piece of toast in that meal. My lunchtime, I normally have a piece of fruit, a sandwich, or a kind of a healthy sandwich with some meat and some um, you know kind of salad-y type. Um, vegetables in there um, and then I have two chocolate biscuits as my treat when I have my lunch 
So at the moment, I've just reduced some of the contents in my sandwich, just reduced the volume that I've had in there, uh, and I'm only having one chocolate biscuit. So that's that's the strategy. With my dinner, my wife, we just talked about, you know, she she always cooks my dinner. I just said, well, let's make it more of a salad-based meal. Um, with, you know, it's obviously your protein and carb, but not just a little bit less of my protein and carb in it, and more of a salad-based meal. Uh, my afternoon snack, I, normally in the afternoon I'll have an afternoon snack. I kind of haven't been having the afternoon snack, or I've just been having, a, you know, a couple light nuts. So you can see that's my strategy. I'm still keeping my routine pretty much the same, but I'm just removing a little bit from each meal. My fun day Friday, where it's a day where I kind of do go a little bit crazy, my strategy is to still have some treats. Because I like having my treats on my fun day Friday. I do like to, oh, oh actually, just one of it, you know, I often talk about my five bits of dark chocolate at night. At the moment, it's either three or four. So again, I've just reduced, it's just a little strategy, it's just a reduction of food in my day. And my fun day Friday, my strategy there is to still allow myself to have some treats. And why is that? Because my fun day Friday, I'm, I'm someone who does work hard and works focused through my week. And I, I feel my fun day Friday is a valuable part of my week because it gives me the opportunity to kind of mentally recharge. And I don't know, it just works for me. So I don't want to remove my treats. But I've just reduced them down a little bit. You know, we went out for lunch on Friday and I kind of chose a, like, you know, like I love a burger and chips team I love give me a good old-fashioned dirty burger and chips I'm a happy man uh, on Friday I chose more of a platter a platter that was a bit more of a healthy platter it still had some kind of fry food in there which I liked but you can see it's a bit different to having a burger and chips or I might have a burger but it's not the chips on a Saturday night when we're social with our friends you know and it's often an eating occasion um, I'm just I've made a deal that I can have the main meal and maybe the sweet afterwards, but I'm not going to have the, the kind of chips and dip and all the stuff you have before you have the main meal. So as you can see, with my food, that's been my strategy. Is My strategy is to look at each meal, make some adjustments to each meal, keep some of the kind of mental rewards, or not rewards, but some of those things that are treaty in my week in place. So you can see how I've kind of done more a strategic approach to each of the small steps. If we think about exercise, obviously I'm I'm, I'm, going, I'm working to a plan now. I probably won't go deep into exercise with my strategies because it's pretty obvious for me. I'll get a plan. I'll, I'll, okay, okay, no, actually, uh, my exercise strategies, uh, key moments uh, to keep a routine up as much as I can. So I'm trying to do the walks at times when I would normally do exercise. So I'm kind of keeping into my routine. And the reason I find that's important is that when I do go back to life, then it's not another thing I have to add on top of. So let's say, for example, I like I'm always been a bit of a morning exerciser um, and a night exerciser because of my job. So for my strategy is to get up in the morning and do exercise when I normally do exercise. And why is that? Well, when I come back to more exercise and the intensity of exercise I like, if I've fallen out of my morning routine, I've got into this habit of sleeping in. Then I've got two challenges, haven't I? I've got the challenge of getting back into a morning routine, and I've got the challenge of getting back to exercise. So for me, one of the strategies around the key, that is a key moment is the morning. Get out of bed at your normal time that you would if you were still working and doing your fitness stuff. Get out of bed time and still do some exercise. Now, it's it's going for walking. It's not what I would be doing. But you can see what I've done here. I've identified a key moment, the morning. And my strategy is just to maintain a routine of exercise at that time. 
Mental health. Mental health is an interesting one around this. Key moments. Key moments for me, because you've got to remember, exercise is a massive mental health rewarder, isn't it? So for key moments for me is identifying t- chunks in my day where I know I'll need a mental break. So for example, if I'm going to do three or four hours work, I know I need a mental break at the other side of that. So then I'm, so my development strategies is timetabling my day to inject mental offloads and recharges in place. Things like meditation, things like playing my piano, things like spending some time with my wife. Obviously my walk will be a part of that and so on. So we look at the first three steps. Step number one is your aim is to reduce damage and diminishing time. Your second step is to identify key moments that you need to focus on in this period of time. Your third is to develop strategies for this time. And actually, I'll add to that, not just develop strategies, but then to... Actually, I'm going to make this step four. It's now turned into eight steps. Or maybe maybe I'll... Maybe I'll yeah, we'll see here we go. This is step four. Um, focus on practicing the strategies. Focus on practicing of strategies. So it's that thing of practice and learn from strategies is really important. Okay, so each morning when I'm waking up, you want to practice that habit of just grabbing one bit of toast out of the out of the freezer instead of two. Uh, practicing, you know, choosing something on a menu on a Friday that's not as much as what I would normally have on a Friday. So you see what I do. So step number four is kind of practice the strategies. Step number five, and this is is really important. Always keep the end goal in mind, but focus on short periods. Okay, always keep the end goal in mind, but focus on short periods. Um, I want to take pride in the fact that I manage this time really well. And it's going to be really interesting because you guys listen to this podcast. So in six months from now, it's going to be really interesting to see, have I done it well? But um, I'm adding steps in my head as I'm doing this. But um, I, I think, you know, I want to get to the other side as a where all those measures, that weight, movement, mobility, and mental health, are really strong. You know, this I don't get to the other side of this, overweight, more unfit than I need to be, having less movement than I need to be, and struggling mentally. I don't want to be in this place. So I, I want to be have this inner sense of pride and, and know that I'm going towards that. But at the same time, I want to focus on short periods of time. And it kind of goes back to some of the stuff we talked about with the behavior scientists a few episodes ago, um, Brianna Williams, talking about, you know, just focus on this next block. Now, short periods of time will depend on the people. I'm, I'm lucky in myself that I'm, I can just do this stuff. So I don't th- like I don't look at the next six months and go, oh my god, this is gonna be so hard for me to have discipline with my food and stick to these plans. I, I'm lucky because I don't have that side of my personality. I kind of just go, you know what, I always you'll do it. But for some people, it, there will be a struggle, and that's why smooth focusing on short periods of time while keeping the end goal at the front of your mind the whole time is really important. Because I'm keeping the end goal at the front of my mind the whole time. The whole time I'm thinking I want to get to the other side of this in the most healthiest way possible, so I can get back to. A life that I love. Um, so keeping that at the forefront of your mind is really important because it's almost like that's the motivator. But then the second thing you would want to do is your focus just wants to be on short periods of time. Now, what short periods of time? For some people, it might be a week. For you, it might be. So for some people, it might be daily. For some people, it might just be on the next moment. It might be the next moment you have to face the decision. So it might be you've had your breakfast. You know, it might be for example, for me, I've had my breakfast with one less piece of toast. Um, you know, it's coming into 10 o'clock. I know I've got lunch coming up soon. Um, you know, I'm going to focus on just getting through lunch. And I'm going to focus. And what are you going to focus on? You're going to focus on the strategies that you need to apply based on that key moment you identified. So step number 
four or five, I can't know where my steps are right now, is, oh yeah, step number four now is practice, wasn't it? So four was practice, I was writing this down. Uh, step number five is to focus, keep the main goal in the front of your mind as a motivator, but keep your focus on short periods of time where you're focusing on applying the strategy that you identified for key moments. Okay, the next step is, and now this is now six, is to mentally reward yourself for great behaviours. Mentally reward yourself. Um, it, it sounds silly to go to yourself, geez, you did really well because you had one bit of toast less. But you know what? I'm kind of doing that right now. And 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 what I do is I mentally reward myself and then I attach it to that the, one of the last steps in the last steps. So when we think of keeping the main goal as the key focus, what I'm doing is I'm mentally rewarding myself for making good decisions and then I'm attaching it to the, the, the main goal at the forefront of my mind. So when I have one less bit of toast for breakfast and... You know, after that, I just go, good work, Oz. Well done in that moment. That means that you are going to get to the six months in a way where, you know, you are in those, doing really healthy in those areas. So it's it's mentally, actually, don't, don't diminish your success in this moment. Actually, just tell yourself, you did really well there. And if you didn't go well, just don't beat yourself up. Just go, where did my strategy go wrong? But ideally, what you're looking to do there is you're just trying to give yourself a bit of a pat on the back. You did well. You know, like I, um, last night, uh, I, I, you know, I only had my three bits of chocolate instead of five. Some nights I had three, some I'm having four. Um, but last night I had three bits of chocolate and, you know, I enjoyed my chocolate. Would I like to have five? Yep. But at the moment I'm not going to have five because this is my strategy. At the end of it, I just went, oh, well done. Good control. You know, and then because you're doing that, it means in six months from now, you're going to be at a really great place as you move forward in the next moment of your life. And I think that's a really important thing because if we can mentally reward the behaviours that sit on top of the strategies, it just kind of builds momentum. And kind of one thing that I think is important to talk about is a sense of trust. You know, I think fundamentally the big difference between people who can stay disciplined with behaviours is they have a sense of trust, that they know that, you know what, I can do this tomorrow as well. Whereas people who really kind of ebb and flow or fail with behaviours don't have that inner trust in themselves. They, they go, oh, I did well today, but I don't know if I can do it tomorrow. And within myself, I'm very lucky because I do have that trust. Like, I know I'll wake up tomorrow and I'll be able to repeat these behaviours. There's no doubt in my mind. And I do think that ultimately all of us should be aiming to get to that point in any area of our life where we are focusing on good behaviours is to get to that point where you just trust you can do it. It's no longer a problem. And so... Um, and that's why I think adding that mental reward after the fact, so rewarding yourself with your good, applying your good strategy, and then attaching that to the bigger motivation, I think you'll find that if you continue to do that, then what will happen is you'll feel a sense of trust that you're going to be all right moving forward. And that's why, again, I, I sit here right now, and again, I think it will be interesting six months from now, but with, with not being cocky, but I trust that in six months from now, my weight range is pretty much going to be the same. And I'll be moving as wisely at the best possible level possible based on where I am right now, that my mobility will be great and my mental health will be fine as well. And it's not, it's because I trust and I'm rewarding myself along the way. So just building, maybe, maybe meant to reward yourself and build trust is what I'm going to call six. Build trust. Build trust in your ability to keep applying the strategies that will keep you in your great place. Number seven 
and this is a really good one, is where is the opportunity? In times of diminishing, now admittedly maybe when you're on holiday it's a little bit different, but maybe not, maybe the opportunity is here. Um, but obviously I'm not doing the thing that gives me, as I mentioned earlier, like mental reward, uh, steam, identity, social and so on. So when I think about those things, um, there is a loss, there's a loss to my life right now. And if I focus on all the things I was losing, it would kind of suck, wouldn't it? So what you've got to do is you've got to go focus on where is the opportunity that comes with this time? Like where is the opportunity? Now, so for me, for example, I'm off work right now. I'm not teaching any fitness classes. I'm not doing my run coaching. I'm pretty much, you know, homebound at the moment other than the walk I do each day. So for me, the opportunity, I've got to go, if, if I just sat here thinking about all the things I've lost, this would suck and it would become a mentally hard thing. Like it could be extremely hard if I was just thinking about, oh my God, you're just getting unfitter. You're not seeing the people you like. You're not being the leader that you are. You know, and then, then you start to catastrophize, don't you? Then you go, well, what happens if you can never do that? That you, you lose your fitness, you can never teach fitness again. Or what happens if your business falls under because you're not there? And, you know, I'm not going to that place, but you can see how that happens. Because if you focus on what you've lost, it takes you down that path of catastrophizing, which, you know, it's a pretty horrible state to be in. So for me at this time, instead of putting my focus on the things I've lost, you've got to focus on the opportunity. Like, you know, if I'm not going to be exercising 8 to 15 hours a week, what can I do with that time? Like, where's the opportunity that I can use to make the most of this in a really exciting way in my life? For me, I've talked a lot about me writing my book in this last period of time. And my books, I'll probably say first draft is about, I'm going to say 85% done. So... You know, in the next couple of weeks, it's going to be 100 done. And then I can start working on getting the first draft kind of proofed and start going through the process of making it a book. And then I can start working on my business model. So, you know, um, this is just an opportunity. Like last year, the book, you know, I've been writing this book for probably about 10 months. I gave my goal of getting the first draft done in a year. Um, you know, so I'm, I'll get it done. But it's kind of been, you know, each week I've had a couple hours. This week, I'll, I've got 10 hours to write this book. You know, what an opportunity. And so that's what you've got to go to. You've got to go to is where's the challenge and opportunity in this time? My music. I can play more music. I can spend more time with my wife. You know, that's where you've got to put the focus. Not so so step number seven is to really don't focus on the loss, focus on the opportunity. Focus on the because there's always opportunity. In any situation, it's how you look at the situation. And if I just sat here and looked at the loss and got debilitated and catastrophized, which probably increases the chance that I would put on weight, would have less mobility, would have worse mental health, and would be less fit than the six-month side of this, I'm, I'm, I'm going to end up living in a way that's actually not great for me. So where's the opportunity and then act upon that? And then step number eight, the last step I'm going to put in here, is to wisely rebuild back. And what do I mean by that? Because when you come back to getting back to a normality around, or at least being able to move back in the right direction, like at the moment I'm kind of still on the decline. So, you know, so when we come back to coming back, I've got to be really wise. And I talked a little bit about this earlier, but I, I often talked about this with my runners, is that keenness is the enemy. 
And I can see this, if, if anything, you know, I've talked a lot about that. I have trust in myself in many of these areas today. If any anything, this will be the biggest challenge for me in this journey because I want to beat myself up when I exercise. Anything I do in life, I want to do it to 100%. So if I'm feeling, if I come back and the doc says you can start doing exercise, but then I go and go crazy hard and damage my back, which there's a high chance that that will happen, I'm ruining this whole process. So when you think about when it comes to rebuilding back to a life or coming back to life, what's the wisest way for you to do that? And even interestingly, even if you just had that holiday experience that I talked about earlier, when you come back from a holiday, what's the easiest way for you to come, not not the easiest, the wisest way for you to get back into routine? Because interestingly what happens for a lot of people when they come back from holiday is they come back... And I was talking to someone about this the other day. They come back from holiday and they hadn't got back to exercise. So now they'd set up a life routine where they'd fallen out of exercise. And I was like, why didn't you, when you come back from holiday, focus on getting back into your exercise first? And that's what we want to think about is as you can start to rebuild back to life, is what is the wisest way back? Now, I can tell you right now, my biggest challenge is going to be sticking to a program that's a wise program back. So for example, running. I haven't done any impact exercise since basically the beginning of November. It's currently late January, so it's basically been three months. I probably won't be doing any impact exercise for another two months. So five months off impact exercise. When I start running again, I'm going to have to do a run-walk program. Now, do you think a guy like me is going to want to do a run-walk program? Do you think when I go out there and when I first do a run-walk program, let's say it's a 90-second light jog followed by a minute of walking, I'm going to think to myself, come on, Oles, you can do you know, you know, can do 20 minutes continuous running. Of course I'm going to think that. But that's not wise. That thinking is going to lead to me getting injured. And if I go right back to the start and I said to people, don't stop exercising is the key. And one of the reasons is because when people like us come back, we come back too keen. Because often what happens for people in that situation is let's say I do start a walk-around program but I end up running because I feel really great. I just get injured. And then what happens is I get injured and I end up in this injury loop because then I've got this injury I've got to deal with. It means I lose fitness again. So then I come back again. I'm keen. I get injured again. And you find that a lot with a lot of older people is that when they've had that time away from exercise and they come back to exercise, they just get injured because... A, they don't get a great plan, and B, they don't stick to the plan because they're too keen. And that's something I've got to be really aware of. I'm, I'm literally, like my, my, my 5K dream, my 5K product, I'm probably going to end up doing that program, which is like eight weeks to running 5Ks. Like a guy for me who, you know, most days of my life I can just get up and run a marathon, eight weeks to running 5Ks seems like a joke. But it's probably the wisest path forward when I get to that moment. And that's what I've got to be careful of. I've got to build back in the wisest way possible. And when we think about building back in the wisest way possible, it is about seeing the bigger picture. It's that thing of a year from now, this won't seem so hard. Because that's what I'm building towards. Like a year from now, I want to be jumping and, as I say, jumping, throwing, running, you know, lifting, doing all that good stuff. And so for me to sacrifice a bit of downtime now is a much wiser way to do this. So those are, I think it ended up being eight steps. Those are my eight steps to dealing with diminishing time in the most healthiest way possible.
And I'm living this right now. You may not be living this right now, but if you aren't and you find a time in the future where you are, come back to this podcast. But if you are someone who knows you've kind of in a diminishing moment, this is a good thing to work through. And I'll just talk you through the steps again. First of all, your job is to reduce damage. See the damage that could happen in this time and to realize that your job is to reduce it. Identify the key moments, which is two, where you need to be focused. And then focus on your strategies. Actually, one we're just going back to that one. One of these my phone habits. Um, in the holiday period, so in the holiday, Joe and I had three weeks off over Christmas, although I was kind of bed bound or, or injury bound. Um, and so in the holidays, I do tend to be a bit more lenient with my phone habits. During during my everyday life, I'm pretty good with my phone habits, but in my holiday period, I you know I can spend more time on the phone, and it can get to the point where it's a bit too much. When I came back to life. I realized that was a moment I had to be really wise of. That was one of those key moments because, let's be honest, we all know that when you spend too much phone and time on your phone, it's, it's you just feel like you're wasting your life. It's not rewarding. You, you kind of feel despondent and shit about yourself. And so I did find that's a key moment. And then I developed strategies. Back to my not having my phone beside me at bedtime stuff. Um, back to, you know, just all these little strategies in place. So that's another example of it. Uh, so again, number two was identify key moments uh, where you normally need to be... And, uh, uh, key moments and what you need to focus on at those times and then develop strategies step number four is to focus on short focus on the big goal in the in the front of your head as a key motivator but focus on short periods and within those short periods you are focusing on being consistent with your strategies okay number five is to mentally reward yourself and attach that to the long-term goal so i did really well for my breakfast this morning that means in six months from now i'll be able to get back to my exercise Key number six or seven, I don't know where I am right now, I'm confusing myself, is where is the opportunity in this time? Not what have I lost, where is the opportunity? And then the last step is to build back in the wisest way possible so you can get back in the fastest way possible. If you can follow these steps in a time like these, A, you build trust, B, you do, build, do less damage, and C, you get back to life in a way that you life in the healthiest, safest, and fastest way possible. We all go through diminishing times in our life. It might be the back operation. It might be the holiday. It might be that you've lost your job. We all experience these times in our life. But if we can minimize damage and stay as close to the best place of ourselves, we're going to be a much more healthier version of ourselves. And as I always kind of end wrapping these things up, is it will be that higher version of ourselves in our life. So hopefully you've gained a lot from this and uh, you will be that higher version of yourself. Right, team, hopefully you gained a lot of insight from that. It's, um, I just go back to that trust thing. You know, like, trust to me is the ultimate key, really, when we think about it. You know, when we think about what, when we think about what we're aiming for, it is that trust is that trust that I just know I can do something. You know, and that could be confidence, you know, but that's what it is, confidence isn't. Confidence is trust. Trust that I can do something. And if you can get to, like, again, as I mentioned earlier, for me in this moment in time, it's definitely there's going to be some struggles and there'll be some doubt and there'll be moments within it. But when we think about trust, if I can trust myself through this and follow those steps and apply this time really well, I'm going to be fine on the other side of this. Um... 
Yeah, so just some really good stuff to think about. So, yeah. Uh, that's this week's show pretty much done and dusted. As mentioned earlier, if you want to become a patron of this show, go to bevanjamesisles.com, click on podcast, click on support me, go through the sign-up process. It's just a really good way for you to help me in doing what I do. Also, if you want to run 5Ks and you want me to guide you to run 5Ks, my 5K dream, if you go to www.my5kdream.com, and yeah, I think you have to put www for some reason. Uh, it's a it's an online training package where I take you around 5Ks. It's got everything. It's got training programs, strength videos, stretch videos, yoga videos, technique videos, injury management videos, women's needs videos. But more importantly, it has me guiding you weekly with mentoring sessions. So each week, because I know what you guys need because I've trained so many people. So it's basically me holding your hand through the journey. If you want to run 5Ks, and it's kind of designed for people who aren't exercising, but if, if you're a fit person who, let's say you go to a gym, you've never ran 5Ks, there's still some real value in this product. Uh, it's $97. I, I think it's, re- like, I'm really proud of it. So if you want to run 5Ks, check that out. Go to my 5 k dream. If you want to email me, bevanjames at gmail.com. Um, yeah, thank you for your support. Oh, chucking some feedback on your podcast is really great just share your show your show to your friends and family that'd be really great as well anyway that's me out for this week hopefully i'll be back in a couple of weeks time i've actually got an interview lined up so i'm pretty excited about that anyway i'll see you in a couple of weeks time keep being you and keep rocking in the free world <laughs>